What's going on, everybody? Welcome back again to the Passing Downs Podcast. I'm your host, Rahul Padi. I'm here with my boy, PD. PD, say what's up. What's up? And we're back with another one of our QB Room episodes. Today, it's going to be the Jaguars. But before we get into that, just a quick shout out to our own Twitters. Uh, my boy, PD, here. His Twitter is at PD34 underscore. I'm at Real Rahul Potty too. Check us out if you haven't already on that platform. And if you guys enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed any of the QB Room episodes overall, Please like, follow, sub, do whatever you could do to support from like the platform you're using. Uh, we'd appreciate it a lot. And with that being said, I'll get back into the QB rooms and we're getting towards the end of it. Uh, these are really the best of the best QB rooms. Obviously, the Jaguars here with starting quarterback Trevor Lawrence uh, poised for another breakout year. And PD, I'll let you get into his game. Yeah, so getting into what I would consider this elite crop of quarterbacks um, and starting off with Trevor Lawrence, who um, we're higher on than uh, how he played last year, but it's for good reason because down the stretch, he was absolutely fantastic, as we'll get into. Um, Looking at some high-level traits for Lawrence, um, you have to start with his athleticism. He is six foot six, um, two twenty pounds listed weight, um, and he moves with in short areas, uh, in short areas like an absolute freak, and has extremely good speed. Has a really, really powerful arm in terms of both velocity and max distance. Has pretty crazy flexibility for someone his size. Um, just the absolute total package um, for an athlete. Just an all-time great athlete prospect. That we've seen come into the draft when you consider um, his height and his uh, the length of his arms, his wingspans, and stuff like that. Um, and then he combines that with um, pretty solid understanding of defenses um, and pretty sharp accuracy. And like I mentioned, the arm allows him to drive the ball to all areas of the field. Um, and as he's gotten more and more in tune with the NFL, he's learned to anticipate um, stuff better and better. Um, the big flaw that's holding him back is the consistency with avoiding turnovers, um, both in terms of fumbles and throwing interceptable passes. He tends to err on the side of aggression very, very often, um, often pushing into windows that are nearly non-existent. Um, But as I've mentioned in the past few episodes, I'm one who is willing to eat that type of behavior um, if you're compensating for it with explosive plays down the field. And um, with Doug Peterson injecting some life into this offense, Lawrence was very much able to generate those explosive plays down the field. Um, They put defenders in conflict a lot with their crossing patterns and stuff like that, um, lining up receivers three-on-one side, three-by-ones in bunches and stuff like that. And it um, makes for... A very very entertaining offense to watch, um, in my opinion, um, as like a very very nerdy charger type thing. Um, it's very interesting for me to see like all these layered concepts and stuff like that, um, and the way they use guys like Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk and such. Um, and now they're adding Calvin Ridley, as we'll talk about later in the team and scheme. Um, yeah, the, uh, the potential for this offense is through the roof, and it starts with their quarterback, um, who is one of the most aggressive quarterbacks in the league with a cannon for an arm and fantastic athletic tools all around functionally and both in like the traditional race score sense. Yeah. Lawrence has really leaped into the scene kind of the last year uh, because obviously he came in with all the hype in the world from college being not only the number one overall pick, but one of the most highly touted number one prospects we've had in a pretty long time. And I guess his rookie year, he did, disappoint a little bit compared to what people were expecting it was obviously one of the 
if not the worst situation in the league, being coached by Urban Meyer and having pretty much no offense around him. He did have a pretty rough adjustment period in that rookie season. But last year, after a bit of a dry uh, start to the season, as me and PD will talk about as we get into the year, uh, Lawrence really settled in. Uh, One of those problems that PD was talking about with him just being prone to turnovers quite a bit, it slowly and slowly died down last year to the point where towards the end of the season, he was making a lot less turnover-worthy throws. He did still have some notable games, obviously, where he was turning the ball over quite a lot. And one thing we'll get into is not only with throwing picks, is he also has a little bit of a fumbling issue. And that's definitely the probably the biggest thing holding him back now from being from at the truly top of the top elite tier. He's probably just a step below, or that's what most people are projecting him to be next year. And he really settled in in that second half of the year. That's why I think most people going into next year are thinking of him kind of in that sort of light but as far as his traits go I agree with a lot of what you said obviously one thing he's got that you can't really teach much is size and kind of a base form of athleticism at that size a lot of these taller six foot six type of quarterbacks are a lot more stiff and rigid and Lawrence still seems to play with very fluid motion still very athletic and flexible in that regard and is able to run like all those different types of uh, schemes and stuff that the Jaguars have implemented a lot of East and West offense as well, which you kind of do need a quarterback, not necessarily who can run, but is a little mobile. And Lawrence is able to do that while being so massive. And that makes him a very dominant presence in the pocket. He's able to kind of use that ability to buy himself time, see over the offensive line and defensive line as well in a lot of cases and just, make throws that a lot of other quarterbacks can't because in in addition to that he does have obviously one of the biggest arms and last year we kind of saw him hone in on the accuracy as well after a bit of a rough start to his career uh accuracy wise in his rookie year so a lot and a lot of improvements he made last year and we can only expect more improvement to come kind of the way his college career went and now obviously his NFL career as well uh like PD was mentioning he probably has his best set of weapons around him uh this year which we'll get in dive into more at the end of the ex- episode when we get into the team and scheme but yeah Lawrence is definitely poised for a really good season, but as we get into starting talking about this this previous season, it didn't really start off that way. Yeah, um, and let's start it off like that. So in week one uh, of the 2022 season against the Commanders, um, starting off slow in this one, the accuracy, consistency of the offense was just not there at this point. Um, Lawrence was under pressure constantly, it felt like. Only ended up taking two sacks, but I felt like he kind of was – totally out of sorts because of the way the offensive line performed, Um, did put the ball in harm's way for an interception. And um, like I mentioned before, um, drastic inconsistency with the offense. He was only, he was pushing the ball down the field, um, but I only think that resulted in one explosive play that he self-generated. So um, yeah, just a very mediocre performance in this one to me. Yeah. I remember coming into our pod last year when we talked about this game and we both kind of were just a little disappointed with how this offense started off as a whole. Because much like how Lawrence is coming into this next season with a lot of momentum ending last year, I think a lot of people felt the same way about Lawrence 
after his rookie year that he ended with a lot of positive momentum and had changed certain things that made him show a lot more flashes towards the end of that rookie year. And I think people kind of just assumed the Jaguars and especially Lawrence would hit the ground running. And it definitely didn't go that way because they seemed very much out of sync uh, in this game. For whatever reason, we saw a lot more of the Trevor Lawrence in his rookie year where he was quite inaccurate. A lot of balls just missed left and right, even high and low quite a bit all day long he even had one pretty costly interception that did ultimately cost him this game and I felt like overall it was just offense that really didn't seem like they had everything together it was a lot of people who were doing roles that they won't do later in the year because how the Jaguars ended up changing their offensive scheme it was just a very weird uh not really fluid game yeah, um, and moving on to the next one against the Colts. So Lawrence bounces back, this one very much so. Um, he's much closer to the line of scrimmage in terms of passing and getting the ball out fast, um, and that results in a drastic drop in pressure. Um, I think the coaching staff really wanted to change up the game plan this week, and Lawrence was a lot more accurate because of the way he was throwing short, um, was able to generate a couple of explosive plays here and there, um, does have one turnover in the play, which I didn't think he was punished for. Um, But yeah, in general, this was a much cleaner brand of offense, and he looked a lot better than he did the previous week. Yeah, this game felt to me the Jaguars, I guess, offensive scheme, whoever's in charge of that kind of figuring out how they want to do things with Lawrence, because obviously Lawrence has all the athletic tools in the world and has a huge arm, but he does kind of like to play uh, football the way he played in this game, where He's a little bit more conservative. A lot of the throws are clean, quick cut, and just crisp. And he's just amazing at being able to diagnose defenses right away. And in that week one matchup, I feel like the Jags were just kind of trying to force Lawrence to be extremely aggressive to the point where he was making too many mistakes. And here they had him kind of hone in on his ability to just pick teams apart right away and get it to the open guy immediately. And it ended up in a very clean game in general for for Lawrence, obviously very accurate and no real mistakes going on. Like PD mentioned, because he was getting the ball out so fast with his release that is obviously so quick, uh, the Colts really weren't able to get to him either. He did a great job of spreading the ball out uh, this year with the Jags. He really didn't have a number one target. I mean, Kirk kind of emerged to be that. But in general, a lot of their talent was very similar and similarly talented as well. And he was just able to get it all over the place, not really have to focus on one guy to make this offense go. Uh, Overall, good game for Lawrence here. Yeah, moving on to the next one. And I remember the hype around this game um, after this one happened, just absolutely through the roof because the Jags came in and blasted the Jaguars. But um, Lawrence was pretty good in this one. Um, Put the ball in harm's way once for a drop during interception. Um, And they were, again, keeping the ball pretty close to the line of scrimmage. But in the times that they did attack down the field, he was successful. Um, And that's that's what I think gave the reputation for this game where it looked really efficient um, and he was successful generating explosive plays down the field with the three touchdowns showed some absolutely insane playmaking flashes in this one. Um, but for me, all that little stuff um, where they're keeping the ball close to the line of scrimmage um, and putting the ball in harm's way that one time puts a ceiling on this game, and I can only call it uh, a very good performance and not one of the very best of the year or something like that. 
Yeah, I remember a lot of the hype back then as well. And I feel like that happens a lot when you face a team like the Chargers with another quarterback who, even to this day, Lawrence is compared to a lot in Justin Herbert. And Herbert's also someone who we'll talk about soon. Uh, but I think any time you have these new young emerging quarterbacks kind of go up against each other, the average fan kind of looks at it as a clash to see who is better. And when Lawrence comes out on top, as much as he was in this one, where they won by four scores, it was a thrashing by the Jaguars, like you said, PD. That that hype just goes through the roof for Lawrence because he came in and was able to win, I guess, on the road in in the Chargers' territory. But in general, this is a really good game for Lawrence. Once again, incredibly accurate. Does a great job of not only pushing downfield, but really attacking the intermediate range. Uh, we talked about how this Jaguars offense became a lot more east and west, and we just saw him consistently hitting those crossers, the drags, everything really just going across the formation, and Lawrence just has to make the call on which side the defense is going and go the opposite way, and he just did a fantastic job of that in this one. Uh, he once again got the ball out so fast, so quickly, that the Chargers weren't even really able to get to him. Uh, these last two games just kind of seemed like what Trevor Lawrence will be long-term because when he f- operates like this, when he's functioning like this, it just seems like he's unstoppable and he's just so good. All right, moving on to the next one where he does not seem so good. So yeah. um, big disclaimer, the weather was horrible, but um, like we talked about with Jalen Hurts, um, shouldn't be too big of an excuse because um, ball security is an issue for one of these quarterbacks and it wasn't an issue for the other. So um, Lawrence, ugly turnover that he plays in this one with a ton of fumbles, just couldn't hang on to the football. Um, the drops from the receivers were really ugly. He got sacked four times. He wasn't pressured nearly enough for that to be justifiable. Um, and yeah, the accuracy was just horrendous with the weather. Um, just no one seemed to be able to have a good grip on the football except for the Eagles, which was bizarre. But um Yeah, I don't know how much you take away from this game other than the fact that uh, Lawrence's ball security is worsened by bad bad weather conditions. Yeah, I I agree that it's tough to really take a lot away from this game. Obviously, Lawrence by no means played well, and there is a pretty big fumbling problem that that he does have, which we'll continue to address throughout the season. But I think this game was a little bit different with the weather conditions obviously and Lawrence being somebody who grew up in the south even played college in Clemson is now a Jaguar I feel like he just kind of wasn't accustomed to that sort of downpour of rain that terrible weather and not that it's excuse but it clearly seemed to be a massive issue in this one because four fumbles all of which were given up to the other team is quite a ridiculous amount and not only to mention that but he just seemed under pressure all day even when he was throwing at a pretty low volume because with the rain, they were running the ball as much as they could. And the Eagles were still able to get to him, and he took four pretty poor sacks in this one. Another pick as well, making it five turnover-worthy plays on the day and just seemed under pressure all day. Uh, because of all of what was going on, he his like regular footwork and mechanic mechanics, which is normally really, really sound, like we were saying, this, that's probably one of Trevor Lawrence's strong suits, but it was just completely out of whack in this game. And as a result, he was just throwing it all over the place too. just a rough offensive performance that because the Eagles are struggling, almost ended up 
not mattering because Trevor Lawrence was able to scrap together some points at the end and kind of try to come back, but it just simply wasn't enough, and he was just off for way too long. So bad game here, but it's tough to take a lot from it. All right, moving on to the next one. So another rough performance in this one from the passing front. Um, The consistency of the offense was really, really poor. Lawrence was able to generate some explosives down the field, but the accuracy and the consistency of the offense, man, just just really, really not there. Um, Suffers a number of drops with his receivers just um, not being able to make the play on the other end. And it was under pressure a lot, I thought, but... um, only ended or didn't take a sack, so that was that was one impressive part that I wanted to take away. Um, but aside from that, putting the ball in harm's way, um, one of the interceptions wasn't his fault, but one was um, the the inconsistency of his accuracy um, and just kind of some erratic decisions overall. Just um, put a serious ceiling on this offense, and um, their performance overall was partially attributable to Lawrence's play, I think. Uh, to me, these are the kinds of games with Lawrence which make me kind of hold off on Hall the hype a little bit. I am also huge on Lawrence, but I feel like with all the guys with the amount of hype as a Lawrence has right now in that upper echelon of quarterbacks, very few have games like this or even halves like this where they're just completely taken out of it and just put up a really, really poor performance against, to be honest, a pretty terrible team in this Texans defense. I uh, just don't know why Trevor Lawrence has this. He definitely got better at it at, over the course of the year, but he just has that little inconsistent streak where he can come out one day and just not be himself whatsoever. And this was one of those days. Uh, he was pretty inaccurate on the day for a guy like himself. Overall, just not really hitting his target, not really on point with a lot of his receivers. Uh, He was being pretty aggressive going downfield and whatnot, but that caused all those mistakes that we've both mentioned here with the two picks. I thought they were both his fault. Uh, With the run game being, honestly, it it, it was pretty good here, but still not enough to kind of open up the defense. But the Texans team was torched by almost everybody else. So Lawrence having a bad game is just... It, it was definitely weird. It was uh, uncommon from him to have this sort of game, but he is one of those guys who will have a dud every now and then, and it's going to hold him back if he continues to do that. All right, moving on to the next one against Indy. So um, again in this one, keeping the ball really close to the line of scrimmage, getting it out as fast as possible. Um, and he still ended up taking four sacks. So um, this time the plan didn't end up working for the coaching staff, but um, I thought in terms of Lawrence's play, he was pretty mediocre as a passer. Made up for it um, okay as a runner in terms of his efficiency. But, um, yeah, just just not um, a very, very impactful performance to me um, with the amount of passes that he was keeping near the line of scrimmage, the sacks, um, and how much yak his receivers were generating. So I didn't think it was really him um, causing high impact in the passing game in this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree. For the most part, this game felt mediocre to me. And to me, this kind of felt like a game manager sort of performance because Lawrence was really not asked to do a whole lot. They were running the ball out, uh, running the ball significantly more than they threw it. And every time Lawrence was asked to throw, it was very short, simple throws, wasn't really asked to take any risks. 
And to me, this it's super weird to play this way when you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence who has obviously the tools to really tear up defenses and is honestly at his best going deep from time to time to supplement his typical offense of kind of dinking and dunking. You do need that deep shot every now and then. And for whatever reason, they just didn't do it in this one. And maybe it was because his guys weren't getting open because PD did mention him taking four sacks in this one on not too many dropbacks. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was waiting for his guys to get open. He had nowhere to go and was taking sacks, but he either has got to make a quicker decision there or throw the ball away. It was definitely on him for being a little bit more conservative than he really needed to be. It ends up just being average, mediocre performance because it's not like he made any mistakes to hold them back, but he didn't put it, make any plays to put the team over the top here. Just a very simple game. All right, moving on to the next one against the Giants. And, man, Lawrence was rough in this one. Um, the accuracy and consistency were just not there. I'm only able to generate a couple of explosive plays here and there, uh, pushing the ball down the field a ton, but um, not too much success. Um, was under pressure an okay-ish amount, didn't take any sacks, um, and did put the ball in harm's way for a turnover-worthy play. So um, all of that kind of adds up to very mediocre performance to me. Um, not really able to generate any consistency because of ball placement um, and some timing issues with his receivers as well. So, um, yeah, rough day for the offense overall to watch, but uh, Lawrence was at the forefront of it, in my opinion. Yeah, this was one of those games where NFL fans and really Jags fans were starting to kind of lose hope for Trevor Lawrence because it was about a season and a half in, and the real biggest problem that had been plaguing him since he entered the league to this point right here was the accuracy, uh, him just not being consistent with the accuracy because we've obviously seen him make throws that very few quarterbacks in this league can make. But for whatever reason, in this stretch, kind of down stretch he's had over the past couple of games, his accuracy had just plummeted and fans were honestly getting a little fed up with it. He was missing passes left and right. And like PD mentioned, he put the ball in harm's way once or twice as well. And this came in a game where honestly the run game was doing very well against the Giants front seven. That's honestly been really good against the run. They were doing their job. And Trevor Lawrence did have the opportunity off the play action, off bootlegs, or even dropbacks where the Giants just weren't were pressed up because of all all the rushing success the Jaguars had and Lawrence just simply wasn't his hitting his targets consistently his guys were getting open too in this and he was just having a lot of misses almost all of his receivers caught roughly half the times they were targeted and a lot of that just came from Lawrence just missing his guys uh, just an unsuccessful night for him for sure definitely a bad game but it definitely improves pretty soon all right, moving on to the next one. This one's the last horrible one, I promise. So um, against Denver, started off really nice. Uh, looked like he was in rhythm, but down the stretch, man, uh, these critical turnover that he plays towards the end of the game just just ended up losing them the game on his own pretty much. Um, horrendous decision, um, just split-second timing type of things on that last interception um, and ball placement. Um, just You can't be late and inside there and... Um, he was late and inside, and that lost him the game. So um, combine that with fumble and another turnover where they play early in the game. Just, yeah, just, just a rough performance overall. And 
Um, the early stretch where he was making some nice throws doesn't really make up for it, and I have to make this one a bad performance. Yeah, this was definitely the worst of the kind of bad stretch of games we've seen at this point, and I'm not really sure what happened to him at this point in the season because they weren't even particularly good defenses, but this was definitely one of them, and he met a the wrong defense at this time when he was on his downstretch because they absolutely dominated him. And I feel like, honestly, I, I felt like Trevor Lawrence was even more boxed up than you felt like PD because aside from that one drive at the start of the game where he did go down and score, I feel like he did pretty much nothing the rest of the game, and it all came back to the same problem he's been dealing with in this little section of his season, the accuracy. Once again, he came out today and just the accuracy was all over the place. He did make some really good throws, tight window throws, but he was also missing quite a few just easy, simple throws. He kind of went back to that same version of Trevor Lawrence who wasn't really attacking downfield, was relying on his receiver's yak to take over really and not really making the right throws downfield, kind of taking the safe option every single time. And once again, the run game was doing really well against a pretty good front seven that uh, is good at defending the run. And with the defense still opened up for whatever reason, Lawrence wasn't being aggressive. And I've said it a bunch of times with these quarterbacks. There are certain quarterbacks that when they're aggressive, they really, really play poorly because that kind of predicates their entire game. And, this is what happened this one with Trevor Lawrence. Really bad performance for me. All right, moving on to the next one, and this is where the good stuff starts. So against the Raiders, um, Lawrence was extremely efficient, um, was very, very accurate. They kept the ball close to the line of scrimmage, but I thought his short pass game was much more accurate. No sacks in this one. Was able to generate a couple of explosive plays down the field, and they were really nice when they did happen. Um I didn't think that the fact that the defense got torched was on him at all. Um, he does have a fumble in this one, but um, I thought he overcame it very well with accurate intermediate short passes and then a couple of explosive plays here and there. So a very well-rounded and complete performance overall for me. Yeah, this was back to the Trevor Lawrence that we were talking about in those first couple games of the season that really just plays his game, comes out quick, three, five-step drop back and gets rid of the ball quick is able to find the guy who's open on an, you know, the fastest route possible. And at that point, he lets the receivers do the work, get the yards. But he's getting rid of the ball fast, and that also limits all the mistakes that he's been prone to making. Uh, this is just the, the Trevor Lawrence that seems to be most comfortable. And after a stretch of a lot of games where he was maybe trying to do too much, his accuracy was off. He kind of went back to the bread and butter, and it worked here because he was really uh, accurate. He seemed really clean and composed in the pocket as well because he was getting the ball out so fast. And it might have had to do with the fact that this Raiders defense was pretty bad. Honestly, a lot of these receivers were getting open very quick, and he was just delivering it right away on the money and just consistently scoring almost every drive. It felt like they were able to move the ball with ease, move it downfield. No real mistakes he was making to derail all this momentum they had going on. And like I said, because he was getting rid of the ball so fast, it wasn't really any sacks that were happening. He did fumble the ball once, which will kind of move down his whole overall performance. But outside of that, I felt like he was pretty good. 
All right, moving on to the next one against Kansas City. So um, Kansas City ends up winning this one pretty handedly, but I thought Lawrence was, again, very good. Um, very efficient with his footwork and his accuracy. Um, does suffer two drops in this one and a few batted balls. So um, the completion percentage, not the greatest representation of the accuracy. I will say the thing that's bringing it down for me to from a very, very good game to just good is the fact that he took five sacks. Um, I thought... For the amount of pressure that he faced, um, five sacks was way, way, way too much. Um, it doesn't put the ball in harm's way in this, or it doesn't put the ball in harm's way in this one though. So, um, yeah, that's a plus for him because he kind of tends to make explosive plays down the field, and um, that was the case again in this one. So I felt like he played well. Yeah, to me, this was just one of those situations where the Jags' offense was good, but the Chiefs' offense was just simply better. And I guess that may kind of be foreshadowing for what ends up happening later in the year. But in this one, I definitely didn't feel like Lawrence was bad at all, despite the score. Uh, He came in and he was pretty accurate in this one. He once again settled in and played his game. And I felt like that was huge in this one. Obviously being at Arrowhead against the best team in the league, arguably at this point. For a young quarterback, that could be a lot. But he was still able to settle in and just play his game he was getting the ball out quick he was backing up not really letting the pressure phase him too much at the start that kind of changed as the game went on because I felt like uh the Chiefs kind of figured out Lawrence's kind of footwork and how his timing in terms of dropping back and just did a much better job of pressuring him that's what where those five sacks end up coming from and that's one thing i want lawrence to work on a lot even at this point in the season and even now is sometimes because he's so big he's an easy target and he might need to work on even more his footwork in the pocket to get away from some of those things cuz that's what happened here whenever he tried to hold the ball to maybe get a bigger play to happen to compete with this chiefs offense they were just able to get him and bring him down so, honestly, good performance and him being able to play his game in a tough situation, but I would have liked him to do a little bit more. Uh, obviously, he didn't really make too many mistakes, but the lack of aggression due to all the pressure kind of held this Jaguars offense uh, uh, back. So, good, solid performance with room for improvement. Yeah, something I forgot to mention in the intro there, but it's a good thing that you bring it up because um, a normal three-step drops for a quarterback – um, just as an example, um, guys will go seven to eight yards deep or so. Lawrence, because of his height, will go like nine to ten yards deep. So it does draw um, pressure of defenders more easily when they can get more of a straight rush past yep. uh, the offensive tackle. So he's responsible for a number of his pressures on the edge, um, but he doesn't tend to take sacks. So it doesn't hurt him that much. And he's also, um, with his height, he's very sticky in the pocket. So it's not causing him to bail out early. Um, so not the biggest thing for me. Um, all right, moving on to the next one against Baltimore. Oh, man, I remember talking about this one in the moment, um, and I will continue to say this game was horribly overrated by by the media. Um, in the comeback attempt, or the successful comeback, so um, the, in the comeback by the Jags, um, Lawrence makes turnover-worthy play after turnover-worthy play and ends up getting away with it. It was hilarious to watch. Um, but I can't deny the fact that some of the throws that he made down the stretch were incredibly impressive and while I, I would say those turnover-worthy plays that didn't end up getting punished um, for Lawrence in the end um, were very, very costly, um, I, I do have to give some of it back um, with the big-time explosive plays that he was making. 
Um, and so I, w- I would say this game was pretty solid, but um, those mistakes were pretty ugly. And um, I don't think that the fact that the Ravens couldn't catch the balls that he threw to them or the fumbles that um, he had get recovered by them is, is particularly a good thing at all. Yeah, I remember talking about this game in season. It was pretty hilarious how things shook out for the Jaguars. And I think because this was one of Lawrence's first big wins against a, I guess, really good AFC team on the road that people really hyped it up because they ended up winning. But I completely agree with you. And I think most people who watch the game know that Lawrence was very lucky and his stat sheet looks a lot better because of kind of a lot of the batted balls and whatnot that happened in the final few drives in this game where the Ravens simply had passes thrown right to them and would either drop it or in one case I remember they tipped it to the other guy for a touchdown or big gain or something along those lines so it was just really poor playing defensively from the the Ravens that allowed the Jaguars to come back and have the pretty massive fourth quarter comeback uh, but I will say the rest of the game, Lawrence was quite accurate. Uh, aside from all those turnover-worthy plays he made, like PD mentioned, he did have a lot of explosive plays. Him and Zay Jones just had a really good connection in this one. He seemed to get open a lot, and Lawrence was hitting him deep, intermediate, all over the place. Lawrence was also playing a lot of what we like to, or I like to call just his regular game, which is him stepping back, getting rid of the ball quick, finding the hole in the defense and exposing it right away. And he did have to do a lot of it in this one because the run game really was not working. And they heavily relied on Lawrence to be able to make offense. And for a lot of the game, he wasn't. But when it came down to it, he was able to score a lot of points uh, to bring this team back. He once again dealt with the sack problem that we were talking about last week. This week, a little bit more so because the Ravens' pass rush was just really good and just getting to him very quickly and aggressively. Uh, So those turnover-worthy plays will bring down his overall grade for me, and this definitely wouldn't be a flawless performance, kind of like the stats at face value suggest. To me, this is a solid, above-average performance, but those all those mistakes he made do bring it down to me, as well as the fumble that he lost, which we forgot to mention. Yeah, um, that fumble was pretty ugly as well. All right, moving on to the next one against Detroit. Um, this one was pretty mediocre to me. The accuracy, consistency weren't really there, and he was under pressure a lot, ended up taking two sacks. Um, I didn't think both of them were his fault, just one, but... Um, the, the amount of pressure that he was taking, uh, kind of a result of what we were talking about with that dropback depth that was bothering him quite a bit in this one, um, does face four drops in this one. So his receivers were definitely selling him out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I thought the consistency of the offense wasn't really there. And the explosive plays that he made down the field weren't really enough to make up for um, the lack of consistency from the offense overall, plus the turnover he play. So I can only give this one an average performance. Yeah, I agree with you that this Jaguars offense was inconsistent for sure. But honestly, a lot of this does tie into what I was talking about with Trevor Lawrence uh, himself, with, which I think that he himself is quite inconsistent. And this exam- this game is a good example why. Because we just came from a couple of uh, performances against much better defenses where he honestly either lit up the field or played very well and it seemed like he was finally honing in on being able to do what he needs to do no matter the situation and then he comes into this 
a Lions game on the road where this defense is much worse than a lot of the other competition he's faced in recent weeks, and he still puts up what I'd consider a below-average performance just based on him not being consistent with who he was just a week prior. Because for whatever reason this week, to me, the accuracy does shoot down quite a bit. And I do agree he was getting the ball dropped a lot in this one. Uh, Like I said, the Lions defense wasn't good. And this Jaguars receiving core as a whole was getting open quite a bit. But I still think Lawrence's ball placement was quite off compared to the pretty uh, flawless ball placement he had the past couple of weeks. And most importantly for me is he just simply wasn't aggressive in this one. A lot of teams just torched the Lions defense. And Lawrence just, even once he was down, just wasn't going downfield, wasn't really push, trying to push tight windows. When the game got to a point where it was either up to him just being aggressive and willing his team back, or just kind of laying flat and letting it happen. He didn't really make the aggressive throws necessary to at least try to bring this team back. And because he was so conservative, even with the lack of mistakes, this just becomes a below average performance to me because I just don't think he did enough that he needed to. All right, moving on to the next one. This one's undeniable, man. This was incredible, incredible performance against the Titans. Um, I thought this was one of the best games of the season by any quarterback, honestly. Um, there's a throw in this game where he's um, trying to avoid pressure, sliding to his left, launches like a 55, 60-yard tight window throw into double coverage, and it's just dropped by Jones. It's it's crazy, crazy throw, uh, and it doesn't show up in his stat sheet. Otherwise, he would have had like 400 yards and a touchdown, so um, 420 yards and a touchdown, something like that. So, um, yeah, crazy, crazy game, even with a turnover-worthy play in this one. Um, his explosive playmaking was off the charts good. Um, he was aggressive pushing the ball down the field and successful when he did so. Um, really, really accurate. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have many things to say other than that turnover-worthy play. Even with that turnover-worthy play, I'm still putting it up as one of the best games of the season. That should tell you quite a lot about how good he was pushing the ball down the field in the intermediate and deep uh, in the deep, deep accuracy type of thing. So, yeah, incredible performance by Lawrence for uh, in this one, and this is kind of where I kind of see the potential for him taking off next year. Yeah, I like that you ended with the potential because this game and everything after this basically is the reason everyone is so high on Trevor Lawrence and where all this hype really, really like built up and came about this off season because. This stretch of games, especially this one right here, Lawrence was really, really good because he finally honed in on the thing I'd been saying with all his games up till this point, which was fixing up the accuracy because, or not accuracy, sorry, aggressiveness. Because obviously when he is on in terms of accuracy, he is very accurate. And he is able to play that game pretty comfortably where he's dinking and dunking and able to go. But what makes Lawrence kind of special is... He can play that game for a while and then just pull it back and kill you downfield. And that's where this Jaguars offense with Trevor Lawrence just becomes unstoppable. And he did a fantastic job of that here because not only did he kill the Titans down low to the point where they were just getting first down after first down where the Titans felt like they couldn't stop anything, but he also had multiple, multiple plays where he would just pull it back, go deep to someone like Evan Ingram 
and get a big chunk amount of yards. And that just made this Jaguars offense so dynamic, so unpredictable, made it what it really fully can be with Trevor Lawrence. And this game, not only with that trade, he was super accurate once again, making drive after drive where they were just scoring and it didn't seem like the Titans had an answer to stop anything. And this was in a game where they really couldn't run the ball either. That wasn't working. There were a lot of tight windows, but he was able to just find his guys open, whether it was Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, even Agnew got a couple of passes. He was able to find his weapons wherever they were. And to me, I don't even have him making that uh, turnover-worthy play. I thought he had just a flawless game here. Didn't even he got rid of the ball so fast most of the time that he wasn't even under pressure much. Didn't take a sack. Just a really good performance from me. I'd also agree, probably one of the better ones I saw all year. All right, moving on to the next one against Dallas. He was really, really good in this one again, um, pushing the ball down the field aggressively. There's a play um, where he kind of breaks contain, launches it deep down the field for um, a touchdown down the right sideline. Fantastic throw there. Um, he does have a couple of turnover-worthy plays here and there um, with a fumble and a pick. Um, but, man, he he more than made up for it with the explosive plays that he was making down the field. Deep, deep shots, um, tough, tight window throws. I was very, very impressed with the throws that he was making this game. Um, and just to, like the consistency of the aggression um, combined with being reasonably successful, um, that's the one that, that put it over the top for me. And he wasn't like – it was operating from very clean pockets either. He was under pressure really heavily in this one and only ended up taking one sack. So another added layer of impressiveness for this one. Um, And I was really, really impressed with his performance overall. Before I even get into Trevor Lawrence, I got to say, what an incredible game this was. It was such a back and forth between the two teams. Uh, The Jaguars go down early with Dallas taking a huge lead in the first half. And then, they make a storming comeback in the second half, tied up. It goes to overtime where the Jaguars end up winning it. But just incredible back and forth game. And a huge reason why was because Lawrence was just lighting up one of the best defenses in the league in this Cowboys defense and doing it with ease. Uh, his accuracy was once again on point in this one. If it wasn't for one or two batted passes and a couple of drops, it would look even better in the stat sheet. But overall, I felt like he was super accurate in this one. And like PD was saying, he finally, finally was able to master that kind of push and pull and being able to not only just kill teams down low, but when they are prone to it, just pull it back and just destroy a team downfield. He did that so many times in this one, and that's why this team was just so successful. Uh, he was able to go deep to Zay, Zay Jones, but also just in the intermediate with Christian Kirk. He was going down low to his other guys like ETN and Engram as well. Uh, and this was one of those games where everything was firing because even the rushing game was doing well for this Jaguars team. And Lawrence did a good job of taking advantage. And that one pick he had, I think it was in the second quarter, which kind of did sway things. That's why Dallas was able to score so much as well as a fumble he had later. Those are the same two uh, turnover-worthy plays I had. And they'll bring his overall play game a little bit, but he was just so dominant for most of this that it was still a very, very good performance to me. All right, moving on to the next one. So against the Jets, um, yeah, they didn't really call an aggressive offense at all in this one, keeping it very close to the line of scrimmage. Um, Lawrence made a couple of really impressive throws, does have – 
a turnover-worthy play in there, um, was very, very efficient on the ground with his impact. Um, does suffer from a few drops in this one, so that's going to hurt the box score a little bit. But um, I just thought it was like a little bit up and down as a passer. Um, just worlds better um, on the other side from Zach Wilson, as we discussed. But um, yeah, I kind of I think that kind of um, changed the image of people, the way people view this game uh, for Lawrence. A little bit inconsistent, but um, I thought it was solid overall. To me, this game was one of those that I have to take with a little bit of grain of salt. Because as PD mentioned, this was one of Zach Wilson's famous master classes where, or I guess to be accurate, I'll just say disaster class, where he really, really messed up this Jets offense and they had to go to Chris Treveler. So this Jets offense was getting nothing going. And I think the Jaguars kind of just wanted to get in and out with the win, not really exposed too much about their offense. And they simply just didn't ask Lawrence to do a whole lot. To me, it felt like they didn't have any intention of attacking downfield and giving up any plays they have drawn up in that sort of regard. So they're kind of just letting Lawrence find the open guy, go underneath, and a lot of just quick throws, especially the Evan Ingram, and just let hit, let them do their thing in terms of the skill positions. And because of that, there wasn't really anything that Lawrence did to put this game over the top, but he also didn't make any mistakes, in my opinion, really didn't deal with much pressure or sacks in this one. Uh, he did have a fumble, which was a bit of a problem for him, his only real turnover-worthy play all day, but it'll still just end up being a mediocre performance for me. All right, moving on to the next one against Houston. So this one, there's like a very, very clear attempt to not do anything to lose the game um, from the coaching staff. Um, getting the ball out of his hands very fast, not uh, pushing the ball down the field really at all. Um, I didn't think the interception that he threw was his fault. Um, just nothing here that you can really take away um, because they're not really asking him to do much at all. Doesn't push the ball down the field really much. Um, just goes in there, gets out there, gets out of there, um, beating the, the Texans defense. So um, that's all that there was to this one. Yeah, very, very similar to the previous week. And at this point, the Jaguars were kind of at the point in their season where they knew they were in the playoffs. And they were just doing what they needed to do to get there. They weren't trying to show too much. They weren't trying to get people injured. And you could just tell by the way they played that this wasn't really their intention to destroy this Texans team. And even then, they were able to destroy them pretty early on to the point where they put in C.J. Beathard by the end of this game because this game had no meaning. And Lawrence, once again, was just doing what he needed to do, not really pushing the ball downfield, not really being aggressive, just dumping it underneath, getting it there quickly uh, and on target, on pace, uh, and uh, giving his receivers an opportunity for Yak. I would agree with you, PD, that the one interception he had, it was off like a little bit of a tip, not really his fault. So... I can't even fault him there. He once again really didn't deal with much pressure and only took one sack, so props to him there. Another fumble in this one, and I guess this is something we'll talk about when we kind of summarize Lawrence's game in a little bit, but the fumbling problem is just something he has to work on for sure. It's a recurring problem and just a factor of him not taking care of the ball well when he's moving around, even running outside of the pocket. Uh, aside from that, just a mediocre game in general because he couldn't do much. 
All right, moving on to the next one against the Titans. So this one, again, another mediocre performance, and it's because he's just missing easy throws. Um, there's a number of easy throws that he could have made in this one for touchdowns um, in the early part of the game, I remember, um, where he's just overthrowing guys. And it was just rough to watch some of those plays. Um, he does have a couple of impressive throws in this one um, that does salvage it pretty much for me. But, yeah, just a little bit of inconsistency with the accuracy is what's holding it back from it being really actually good game and just mediocre to me. Yeah, to me, games like this and the last few are why I felt like this Trevor Lawrence's winning streak that people keep bringing up as they went to the playoffs, it just seemed a little overrated because he did have games like this where they were just playing a really, really bad team who had no intention of winning or were in a point in their season where they didn't have their best guys to win. And Lawrence's not necessarily best games uh, ended up yielding victories. In fact, we saw better games middle of the year where he wasn't winning. And this was another one of those games where he wasn't at his best, but it was still enough because this Jaguars team is pretty good. Uh, I also thought he was quite inaccurate in this one. Just a lot of simple throws early on that you would typically see Trevor Lawrence make. He was just missing left and right. And I think it might have been because they came from a couple of games, which was more lackadaisical. He wasn't going 100%. And out of nowhere, the Titans did punch the Jaguars in their mouth a little bit. It's obviously divisional matchups, so it's a little bit more important and aggressive to them than a couple of those other games, which were maybe not, or in the case of the Texans, it was just trash team there, so they had no choice. But Lawrence just definitely seemed a little bit out of sync, out of practice even, you could say, because he was missing throws he would normally make. And as a result of that, when while trying to fix those sort of things, he forgot to be aggressive and he really didn't go downfield all that. That's why you see for Trevor Lawrence a relatively low uh, amount of yards because he wasn't really targeting that many people or going downfield. A lot of just missed opportunities and checkdowns. To me, this was a very mid-performance. All right, let's talk about these playoff games. So um, let's start off with the wildcard game against the Chargers. All-time great game. Um, one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Um, but this one was a little bit bizarre. So he throws four interceptions in rapid succession in this one. And I thought only one of them was truly his fault. And that one even was a little bit of a miscommunication too, um, where Evan Ingram stopped his route and he, but Lawrence has to see that and, and not throw it right to the defender. So, um, that one has to go on Lawrence too. Um, his accuracy was pretty off in this one for a large chunk of the game. Um, and then the second half happened, um, and he was just making explosive plays left and right, insane performance down the stretch. Um, and that rescued it from a pretty poor first half to um, a, a pretty decent game overall. Um, so I would say in, in totality, this one was above, above average, but um, that first half is, is holding me back from saying it was a truly good game, even though um, Lawrence only had one serious turnover they play in this one. Yeah, this had to be one of the biggest up and down games in terms of just statistics we've ever seen and for it to happen in the playoffs was just so incredible and as someone who is a huge Herbert guy it was really painful to see this Jaguars team just come back out of nowhere and just drive in drive out for a whole half the Chargers just do nothing on offense and just get cooked on defense and it, a lot of that had to do with Trevor Lawrence's second half and 
real quick, I'll go in on that first half where he did have four interceptions. And to me, I'm a li- I was a little bit less lenient on him than PD on those four picks. I did think two of them were his fault, but two of them were deaf or uh, two of them were not his fault. And one of those in which was the one you mentioned where I feel like it was more of a miscommunication, but I would still put it on Trevor Lawrence to recognize that. But the other two I did feel like were his fault. And to me, that's way too many uh, interceptable passes to throw in a half of football in your first ever playoff game. And I don't know what it was with the Jaguars offense. They just kind of came in and seemed out of whack out the gate. Not really just Trevor Lawrence, but this team in general, obviously a lot of new faces of playoffs. But they kind of epitomized the we haven't really been here, we don't know what we're doing type of team. And they were making mistakes left and right. There were drops. There was a lot of just sloppy play, a lot of missed blocks. And I think in all the commotion of that, there just ended up being all these interceptions. And whether you blame Trevor Lawrence or you blame, uh, you know, the receiver who was there, it just ended up being a lot of turnovers and chaos, a lot of inaccurate passes from Lawrence as well. Uh, nothing was going right. Then they really settled back to the Jaguars, I guess we kind of knew in that final stretch of the playoffs uh, in the second half. And I'd say at that point, Lawrence was pretty much lights out. And even then, he wasn't exactly lighting up the field because the Chargers were just so bad and giving the Jaguars every opportunity in the world. But in most of the opportunities Lawrence had in the second half, he was very accurate. He was able to lead his team downfield, score. And it was a lot of the classic Trevor Lawrence offense that I like to see out of him that I think is his, he's at his best, where he just drops back, get, gets rid of the ball as quick as he can to the first open guy he sees, uh, give, gives them the opportunity for yak, and just dinks and dunks his way downfield. And even though they were down four scores at halftime, they were able to just dink and dunk for two quarters straight, come back all the way and win. So very, very impressive comeback. But the really weak first half makes it just a solid game overall for me. All right, moving on to the final game of the season against Kansas City. Um, and I thought Lawrence was solid in this one. He played a really solid game. Um has a big-time monster throw drop by Christian Kirk, which is going to hurt his stats quite a lot, um, and suffered a couple more drops here and there as well, was under pressure a ton, um, ended up taking two sacks, which I didn't really think were his fault, um, but he does have a couple of turnover plays where he just can't can't make those. Um, so I thought it was a little bit of a mixed bag again, but um, his consistency in terms of driving the ball down the field was pretty apparent this one, even if he was inconsistent in other areas um, uh, with the accuracy. Um, I thought that those explosive plays made up for it enough in this one for me to call it a good performance. And he had some nice rushes as well, so that was an ad. Uh, I guess I was a little bit harsher on this performance because I felt he was a little bit more mediocre. I thought, yeah, he did have a couple of explosive plays here and there, but to me, he just wasn't super consistent throughout. And I felt like a lot of his points came at the end where the Chiefs had kind of let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. It just didn't really feel like they were in the game most of that. And it's because the offense, to me, just seemed a little bit slow and not really up to speed to their normal. Part of it, I felt like, was Trevor Lawrence. I think there was a large part of that middle portion of the game where 
nothing was happening with the offense because Lawrence was missing some of those throws that you would normally normally see him make. We see a lot of just quick passes on RPOs, short short slants, quick in-breaking routes, and Lawrence was just missing more of that than he normally does. And to me, that's a bit of an issue. Uh, the past couple of games, he had gotten a lot better at avoiding pressure and sacks as well. And in this game, I felt like he was holding it a little bit longer. We see two sacks happen, which isn't the worst thing in the world. But in general, I thought there was just interior pressure all day. It seemed like Chris Jones or someone was always in Lawrence's face and whatnot. Uh, that interception as well, I did think was his fault and pretty costly given the context of his, this game. Uh, in general, I just thought it was mediocre because he didn't make it up. He didn't make up for it with one or two explosive plays. But in general, he wasn't consistently aggressive going downfield, even when his usual dink and dunk game wasn't working at its best. Uh, I kind of hoped Lawrence would adapt a little bit more. Uh, and to me, that was just a mediocre performance. I, I was expecting a little more. All right. Let's start talking about the Jaguars this year with their team and scheme. So. Um, I'll just address the scheme first. We know that Doug Peterson is one of the best in the business. He is incredible adapting to his personnel. Um, Unless you give him nothing to work with, like the 2020 Eagles did. Um, But if you give him something to work with, he'll he'll build something out of it. Um, And he did last year by building an offense that had a ton of crossing routes, um, used Evan Ingram uh, very much horizontally as a tight end rather than vertically like he was in New York. Um, and kind of made a great use of Christian Kirk's skill set by putting him in, in uh, favorable 1v1s, putting him on the move. Um, it was great to watch, like I said, for a nerdy guy like me. But now they had Calvin Ridley, um, who by all accounts has been lighting it up in training camp, looking very, very much um, closer to his, his former self um, before his long absence. Um, and that just gives them another fantastic receiver um, to add to his mix, and he immediately becomes uh, a wide receiver one in the offense. Um, and as they continue to develop chemistry, I think there's a massive potential for this offense. Um, Calvin Ridley, before he was suspended, had that mental health issue. Um, he was, I would say, a top 10 receiver or floating around that area and adding him to this offense where I think his skill set is a really, really good fit. Um, I think he can also play those concepts uh, where you're out on the move, um, working with motion and uh, trying to put defenders in conflict with crossing routes and stuff like that. I think Calvin Ridley can do that, um, and he can win on his own on the outside. So um, a perfect match for this scheme, I think. Um, I do have a little bit of concern with the offensive line, though. Um, with the suspension of Cam Robinson, they're losing a little bit of depth. Obviously, Brandon Sheriff still a good player, um, but they're kind of relying on Anton Harrison, Walker Little, um, and the interior with Luke Fortner and Ben Barch. I don't, um, I don't have the longest track record of consistency for them, uh, for sure. So um, there are some holes there, um, and I, I think there are ways to overcome that for sure. Um, and I would trust in Doug Peterson above all. Um, I trust in Doug Peterson. I trust in Trevor Lawrence, and um, to make this offense right. So that's kind of how I'm feeling about that. Yeah, there's some places where I agree with you and some places where I'm, I guess, not so, uh, I guess, po- optimistic as you with this offense. And before I get started with just team and scheme in general, this Jaguars offense is 
very, very highly touted going into the season. I mean, certain people think they have the potential to even be the best offense in the league this year. Uh, obviously, with Trevor Lawrence expected to make another big jump, the Jaguars were already the fourth seed last year because of a very, very successful offense. So for them to take another huge jump would mean they're easily one of the best in the league. And they certainly have the potential and the skills to be able to do it. Uh, outside of Trevor Lawrence, the running back room, I think, is really good for him. I think one big thing that a lot of just fans and people kind of looking on the outside and underrate about uh, draft picks is kind of the chemistry they may already have with a certain someone on the team, for example, like when picking Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow, obviously the already inbuilt chemistry they had there made their transition very, very quick and seamless and honestly made, became one of the best duos in the league right off the bat. Well, I felt, feel very similar with Lawrence and Etienne, obviously both of them playing in college uh, together, and Etienne being the kind of back that honestly does catch the ball a lot, and a lot of his game comes from feeling open spaces out and short and just getting check downs from Trevor Lawrence and running around. I think having Etienne in that role to help out Trevor Lawrence whenever he needs and in general, also being a really good rusher. Uh, I feel like he's a really good piece there. Tanks Bigsby's been lighting it up in both preseason and camp. And both Jamichael Hasty and Dearness Johnson are proven uh, people in the league. And just in general, good depth. So honestly, I feel good about the uh, RB room. And I feel similarly about the receiver room because of that addition of Calvin Ridley. Obviously, a couple of years ago, Calvin Ridley was one of the best young talents in the league. And sure, a lot has changed since, but... Nothing that happened to him over the last couple of years really affect his body in terms of an injury or something that can slow him down. And obviously, we have seen guys like Deshaun Watson take a similar leave of absence and come back a completely different player. But I think with the receiver position, it's a lot easier to kind of just adjust yourself to new systems, come back, because you're doing a lot less than a quarterback who needs to constantly have a good feel for the game for a receiver you're just going out there and running a specific route and I think Calvin Ridley can come back and kind of fit in seamlessly and I don't think he'll necessarily be as good as the player he was a couple years ago at least right away he won't be but to me Calvin Ridley is also comfortably the best receiver on this team uh, or will quickly prove himself to be so. Uh, so that's a huge upgrade. And they already use guys like Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Jamal Agnew, even tying in the tight ends, Evan Ingram, very, very well. I'll get into the scheme in a second, but they've done a fantastic job of finding a certain skill set in every single one of the receiver th receiving threats, people who can do a really specific job. And because of that, they're able to kind of maximize not really big name players in those positions. Uh, for me, the one thing that I think I'm a little bit less optimistic than you is, is this offensive line. Because aside of Brandon Scherf, who I'd agree is probably still a good player at this point in his career, Outside of them, everyone else is unproven and not really high-level talents, not high-level draft picks. They're kind of relying on people who shouldn't be relied on, especially when you have a guy like uh, Trevor Lawrence who you're trying to protect, uh, trying to 
keep him going long term. And yeah, he is somebody who you necessarily don't need to protect compared to other quarterbacks because he's bigger, doesn't take as many sacks. And they do have some investment in guys like Walker Little, Anton Harrison. But ultimately, I'm just not sure if they can put it together right away. It is tough, especially with a guy like Lawrence, who takes really deep dropbacks, is a big target. He makes it relatively easier than a lot of other quarterbacks to get to himself just being who he is. And you kind of want to be able to protect in front of him, even if he is someone that's good at shaking off the sacks and maneuvering in the pocket. And one thing I think they did want to get into a lot more is having a somewhat successful and consistent run game. And if they're not really able to do that with this offensive line, that not only makes it harder on Lawrence. So I'm a little bit worried about that offensive line, but getting into the scheme, uh, I would agree with you completely. Doug Peterson and this kind of unit is a match made in heaven. And I think people undeniably would say at this point, Doug Peterson's probably a top five NFL head coach overall. And he definitely has created a very good scheme to turn this Jaguars team around because they're not really a good free agent hotspot. And at this point, you're not going to get high level draft picks to be able to get elite talent. But they've created a system where you don't need the best talent to be able to be successful. They have a lot of overlapping routes going across the field from each other. Like PD mentioned, a lot of crossers, a lot of quick in-breaking routes, uh, not too much, not as much vertical stuff. And they have guys who all have pretty significant athletic advantages to the people guarding them and more athletic than power in their position in general. And because of that, they, they're able to kind of make this offense very successful, despite low-level talent. All right, time to get to the juicy stuff. The range of outcomes for Trevor Lawrence this year and his backups, I guess. Um, so for Lawrence, for his 50th percentile outcome, uh, for me, it's around the fourth-best quarterback in the league. Um, I am really, really high on Trevor Lawrence, his combination of aggression, improving accuracy down the stretch, um, and especially that avoidance of the turnover-worthy plays combined with his natural sack avoidance um, and athletic tools. I think down the stretch last year, he looked like this top four quarterback that I'm describing. Um, and the addition of Calvin Ridley combined with the synergy with the scheme that he'll continue to build, um, I really, really like that. Uh, at his 75th percentile outcome, I could see him something like a second or third best quarterback in the league contending for an MVP. Uh, he improves his accuracy, wipes out the consistency issues in that trait, and continues to work on the turnover-worthy play stuff. Um, and then at the 100th percentile outcome, he's just the best quarterback in the league. Fully maximizes the potential that we saw from him at Clemson before the draft and uh, becomes the player that we think he potentially can be. Um, 25th percentile outcome is a little bit trickier, so... I think that for him, it's something like seventh to eighth best quarterback in the league. If he continues to deal with these accuracy issues and um, continues to have bouts of turnover-worthy plays, we can see some of those issues um, continue to crop up, and it'll lead to a similar impact that he had this year. Um, and in the zeroth percentile outcome, we still do have to consider the rookie year evidence um, and the early on stretch from last year's continued evidence. So. I would say the zero percentile outcome is pretty low, something like the 13th to 14th best quarterback in the league. Uh, but that's like if everything goes wrong and what we've seen from Lawrence uh, down the stretch here is just fake, which I would doubt significantly because 
um, the prior for him in college is really, really high. And um, I would say that this is kind of him coming into his own more so than anything else. Um, and looking for, and then looking at the backups, like CJ Beathard is just um, a backup uh, confined to that, in my opinion. Um, Beathard, a few years ago, I would describe as a stronger backup, but um, as he's continued to age and um, continue to lose some athleticism and um, some of his ability, um, I don't think he's a very good backup anymore. And then Nathan Rourke um, had one of the better throws I've seen in a while in the preseason, but I still don't think he's a very good quarterback. So um, he's confined to a third stringer. Yeah, uh, for me, Trevor Lawrence, even though he's one of the younger quarterbacks in the league and still very, very much potential, and usually with these types of quarterbacks, I have a pretty high range of where I expect them to be because there's a lot of question marks. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence is one of those rare cases where I really don't have that much question marks about where he'll be. I think he's really proven himself to be in that elite category, and I don't see him falling too far out of that. And if he does go anywhere, it's more more likely to be up than down because at this point in his career, Trevor Lawrence has only shown us improvement and barring injury, obviously, other sorts of setbacks. It's really hard for me to see him going anywhere else but that. So for that reason, his kind of range of projections for me is a lot lower than what a lot of these other younger quarterbacks are. And one thing I'll do is I'm going to move him uh, now from my original list above a couple of other guys who I had him underneath who we've already talked about and guys like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts because I am also someone who is has expected more of Lawrence now but in ge- general in terms of what I expect for the future I'm still very very high on Lawrence and I think this next year is going to be a huge leap for him as well and I think his 50th percentile outcome is going to be five uh still a top five quarterback a spot below where you have him PD because I have a certain someone who we'll talk about soon just a smidgen above him at the moment but I I think Lawrence is good enough to be a top five caliber quarterback. I think he was damn near there towards the end of last year. Uh, I think with the expected jump he has, with the improved offense he's gotten in in that uh, in this system that really fits him, I think he can put up a top five quarterback season. Uh, In the low end outcome, I don't see him going anywhere lower than eight to ten. To me, that's the worst he can be. Uh, he's just so talented at this point, and the offense is just so good around him, whether it's the personnel or scheme, that I would find it really unlikely for him to fail there. To me, that 8-10 to 10 scenario is maybe because of the blocking not being too good, he gets injured, and that knocks him out of whack a couple of weeks, brings him down a bit. Or what also could very likely happen is him kind of fall backwards in the taking care of the ball, maybe continue to fumble and throw interceptions at the same rate, if not higher. Uh, I could see him falling to the 8-10 to 10 range, but not really much lower than that. And in his highest end outcome or 100 percentile outcome, I could see him as good as QB2. And there's only one person I would really see at QB1, spoiler alert, but I think Trevor Lawrence is can be very, very close to that and damn near the best quarterback in the league if he plays his cards right, if he really limits on those turnover-worthy type of plays, if him with Calvin Ridley becomes one of the better duos in the league, which very well could happen because both him and Ridley have the talent for that to happen. Uh, I could see him being as good as that. 
and as far as the other guys in this offense, C.J. Beathard, to me, uh, when he was a Niner, he was at the level of being one of the better backups in the league. At this point in his career, I'd say he's barely even backup level, probably one of the worst backups in the league. Uh, I think that's probably where he'll be most likely if there's a good chance that if he plays even worse in spells for Trevor Lawrence, he could fall into the third string range. And if he plays better, maybe he could be seen as a mediocre second string. And Nathan Rourke, I also want to shout him out for that preseason touchdown he's through like within the last week I forget which day it was but I have to say that was one of the best throws I've ever seen in my life but one of the best quarterback plays ever made he broke like five or six tackles before throwing a dot downfield that was very incredible but aside from that I don't know much about his game he seems to me like a solidified third string and I don't see him changing from that yeah, a uh, quick reference to the point that you made about um, only one guy at QB1. So um, I would say in NFL history, there's only like maybe one guy that I would say that about. So it's just kind of like a different viewpoint. Um, and I would say in terms of evidence that we've seen um, for him specifically, no spoilers, but um, he has yeah. shown that there are seasons where he isn't QB1 in the past. So uh, not not in like the sense that you would project someone else at QB1 necessarily, but... Um, for for that small stretch that he wasn't QB1. Um, yeah. But anyway. Um, no, I get the- it. And absolutely, in most scenarios, what you would say makes sense because it's logical. But there's just one player that just defies all of those laws and is quickly ascending to being the greatest football player ever. All right. Um, that'll, wrap up, that'll wrap up our episode for this time. Make sure to like, leave a rating, do what you need to do on whatever platform that you're listening on. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at PD34 underscore and at RealRahulPotty2. That'll be all from me. That'll be all from Potty. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace out. Yeah, we could be